1 Samuel chapter 30, I want to give you just a little bit of context before we jump into it so you know, because we're jumping into the middle of a massive story, kind of in the middle of David's life right here in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And in the previous chapter, what has happened is David, who begins with so much purpose and so much promise, now at this point in his life looks as far away from the purpose of God as he could possibly be. The Bible tells us that he's hiding from Saul here in a place called Ziklag. It's one of those interesting Bible names, Ziklag. The word just means winding, winding. And winding means a twisting movement or a course, a winding course. And David has created an alliance with the Philistines, his his sworn enemy. This is how far away from God's purpose, he feels. Is anybody in the room today? You don't have to throw your hand up in the air, but is anybody watching or in the room today? You feel disconnected maybe a little bit from God's purpose right now. Like, what is your purpose? Not just in my life, but in the world. What in the world are you doing? David feels disconnected from God's purpose. And here David is getting ready to fight his own people. He's getting ready to fight his own people with the Philistines. This is wild. The Bible says... God's grace comes in. And one of the commanders of the army of the Philistines, they start to recognize David as a Hebrew. And they start to say, what's this guy doing here? Isn't he a Hebrew? How in the world did he get connected to you? How is this all working out? And a man who is speaking for David, he kind of declares that, hey, this guy's been with me. He's been faithful. He's been loyal. But they won't believe it. So they refuse to fight with David and his men. So the Bible says this commander sends David home. And they say, David, sorry, you're not going to fight with us. Have you, ever, have you ever had somebody do something for you that w- you wish you could have done for yourself? But you were in such a desperate situation that you didn't have really a say in the matter. But when they finally made the decision you were hoping they would make all along, joy just kind of hit your heart. I can imagine David thinking, I didn't want to fight the people of God anyway. I didn't want to put my men at risk. I didn't want to risk my life for this fight. He's grateful, right, that he's not having to fight his own people with his sworn enemy. So there's got to be like a joy, almost like a victory, almost like, yeah, we, we won. Yeah, we're... We're out of this. And so the Bible says they start to head home. And I can imagine that ride home. They're, they're, they're rejoicing. They're excited to see their families and their kids and get to sleep in their own bed and be with their own friends and people. And the Bible says that here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, that as they started their journey home, something very different happened than what they thought was going to happen. Verse 1 says, now it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, they attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women of those who were there, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. 
And David's two wives, this is the Old Testament, y'all. You're just going to have to forgive David and look over the two wives thing. We, we settle that in the New Testament. They had been taken captive, and now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved. David's being canceled right here, right in front of us. And every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, watch this, strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And then David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, he said, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. And without fail, come on, man, recover all. Is there anybody thankful for that word today? Without fail, you will recover all. Have you ever felt purposeless? You're like, yeah, like right now, <laughs> sitting here in this room, right now I feel that. If you've ever felt purpose, purposeless, you, you feel and you can connect with what David and his men are feeling right now. This sense of loss, this sense of abandonment, this sense of um, a lack of clarity, understanding like what is happening in my world right now. And this is a wild scene because David and his men are unwanted by their own nation. Now they've been rejected by their enemy. And all they had left was their family and now their family has been taken from them. David and his men are at their breaking point. But watch this. They have never been closer to the purpose of God than they are in this moment right now. And I don't know how bad you feel right now. I don't know how desperate your situation is right now. But can I tell you, the most desperate person in the room is probably the person most near, come on, the purpose of God in their life. I'm telling you, if you find yourself in a desperate place, you are close and you are closer to your breakthrough than you have ever been before. This is amazing because David's at his breaking point. He seems so far disconnected from that word he got as a young boy that said, you're the next king of God's people. He's so far away from it, but he's actually closer than he's ever been before. Why? Because there is a purpose to Ziklag. There's a reason for Ziklag. Ziklag, what looks like a 16-month detour. I'll never forget when I was younger, my dad preaching from this story. He called the series, I think it was Detours and Destiny or something like that. And he talked about this, this story. And this, this detour was actually a setup for his destiny, was actually set up for God's purpose in his life. And sometimes when you feel most disconnected, that's when you are actually the closest. Why? Because even though you feel disconnected, God has never left you. He has never forsaken you. Even though you are broken, the Bible says, guess what? He's near to the brokenhearted. I just came to encourage somebody in the Lord this morning that even though you feel far away, you may never have been closer in your life. <laughs> Man, so there's a purpose in the winding. There's a purpose in the, the twisty 
path. There's, there's a purpose in this winding road that's called your life. I don't know if anybody's life in here has just looked like straight roads. <laughs> but God bless you. We love you. But you're not welcome here, okay? <laughs> I mean, everybody's welcome at Calvary Church except for the people that life has just worked out at every single place. I just don't think there's anybody in here today, no matter how old you are, who hasn't had some winding in their life, some twisting in their life. But there's a purpose in all of that. Ziklag, let me talk to you about Ziklag and what it represents for us. Ziklag, first of all, represents those seasons of life when you can't even celebrate a victory before another fight begins. Here they are, wow, we, we just got out of this situation. Wow, we just got out of this crazy place. We're on our way home, and the next thing you know, another fight. You think you got out of a fight, but you just entered into another fight. Can I tell you something about serving God? You don't, you don't, you don't win fights to graduate from fighting. You actually win fights to graduate into another level of fighting. That's why the New Testament, the apostle said, I fought the good fight of faith. It was a fight in every season of my life. (laughs) Even when the children of God got into the promised land, the Bible says that the Lord left enemies there so that they wouldn't forget how to fight. There's still a fight even in your promise. I just came to tell you this morning, you're not going to get to a place in your life where you get to this magical place where it's like, hey, there's no fights here. There's no disruption here. There's no trouble here. There's no crazy people here. Every fight is just a graduation into another fight. Ziklag represents that for us. It's like, hey, you won this fight. Welcome to another one. You're like, man, I didn't really come to church to hear that this morning. But I I came to tell you the truth this morning. Some of you have been lied to for a long time thinking that you were going to get to this place in your life where it was just you just sitting on the porch just drinking sweet tea in the good old days and just reminiscing and having a good old time. And no problems were going to happen. No bad doctor's reports were going to happen. No fights with your spouse. Have Have any of you ever just thought, maybe there's a day that comes where we just stop fighting? No. It doesn't happen. Just there's you 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 graduate from a fight to to enter another fight. So one of the things you're gonna have to get really good at doing in the kingdom of God is holding your breath. You ever gotten in the ocean and you got knocked over by a wave? And then you finally think you're out of it, and then the next thing you know, boom, another one hits you. That's what the kingdom of God's like. It's the way it works. So what you have to get really good at doing is holding your breath, developing the stamina necessary to deal with the waves as they will inevitably come. You can't stop the waves. And you definitely don't want to get out of the kingdom. You definitely don't want to be in the sand just watching. You want to learn how to move with the waves. Learn how to adjust with the waves. Learn how to hold your breath for a long time so that you can deal with what you're going to need to deal with. You need to increase the capacity in your lungs. 
Let me tell you another thing that Ziklag is. Ziklag is the place where the enemy attacks what you love because he's tried you. And you didn't quit. But he knows. I don't have to kill you to rob you of your purpose. All I really have to do is discourage you. And nothing is more... See, I can handle the attacks against me. I've been dealing with me for 41 years now. I know how I work. But what I can't handle is when my kids are suffering. And my kids are struggling. And my wife is under attack. And the enemy knows that if he can attack what I love, and he can discourage me, then he's got me. Why does he do this? Because, let me tell you something, he doesn't fight fair. He refuses to fight fair. The the enemy is like the Amalekites in the Bible. They were evil people. And the Bible says in Deuteronomy 25 about the Amalekites, it says that they, they were the type of people... The Bible says when you were weary and you were worn out, they attacked all who were lagging behind. This is what the enemy does. He attacks those that are lagging behind. This is why the church should never be a place where those who are lagging behind feel unwelcomed. If anything, the church was created to be a safe place for people who are lagging behind. Let me tell you something. I've been lagging behind and I have needed people Not to walk out in front of me and be like, come on, man, come on. I need people to walk back and walk with me. If if you're not going to walk with me or carry me, then stop criticizing me. Because I'm under attack sometimes when you're being ignored. Why? Because you're out front. You're strong. You're healthy. The enemy's tried you. You know who he's messing with right now? Those that are lagging behind. Maybe God's call for you in this season is that you protect those who are lagging behind. I heard last week, I heard Derek preach the message about how he talked about Noah and how his his sons walked in and they, they covered him up. But one of them went around and told about all that his dad had done and a curse came on his life. The other one protected him and he was he was blessed. For that, Maybe one of the reasons you're struggling so much is because you don't know how to cover people. You don't know how to help those who are lagging behind. Maybe, maybe some of the suffering in your life is not necessarily the enemy. Maybe it's your own doing because you have neglected the ones that God has called you to. You thought Christianity was about getting out in front of everybody and telling everybody, come on, come on. Oh, you're so sorry. Look at how you're dressed. Look at how you're acting. Look at all these people you're sleeping with. Look at your. That's not your call. The call is to go back and walk with them or carry them. If you're not going to help them, then keep your mouth off of them. That's what I would suggest to do. So Ziklag is that season of life. Ziklag will, will create empathy in your life and in your heart for other people. You need Ziklag because you didn't care before. But now that you're the one lagging behind, now you know what it's all about. All right. Ziklag. Let me give you another thought on Ziklag. Ziklag is the place where the people and the things you thought you could count on let you down. Why did they let you down? 
Because they're, they're fallible. They're people. They're things. At some point in your life, even the best person that you know is going to let you down. They're going to disappoint you. And Ziklag is necessary because you need to get to the place where everything has let you down and the only thing you have left is God. Some of y'all don't know what you're really saying when you say stuff like, all I need is you. Are we talking about God? Because you've never been to the place where all you had was him. So you're like, all I need is you. You don't understand that until all you have left is him. And Ziklag is that place where you find out that all of the stuff you thought you could count on, you thought you could count on that job. No. Pandemic said, nope. (laughs) COVID-19 said, eh. You thought you could count on that relationship. (laughs) Nope. You thought you could count on that money that was in your retirement plan. (laughs) Nope. The market said, eh. The only thing you can count on really and truly. The only one who deserves that type of confidence, that type of loyalty, and that type of of focus and that type of energy is God. It's God. And now David is in a place where he's, he's reminded that God is truly all he has. Watch this. Not only are the Philistines angry with him, not only are his own people angry with him, his, his king, Saul, is trying to kill him. His friends are now turning on him. The Bible says that because David got them in this situation. Now these men that were loyal to him are thinking about killing him. Play a song and try to get out of this one, David. (laughs) Pull that harp out and see how that works now. Guys, don't kill me. Let me play a song for you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm, I'm good. See how good that slingshot works against 600 men now, David. One giant, yeah, 600 men coming at you with stones. <laughs> Watch this. Ziklag is the place you get where you find out your talent is not enough. And your gift can't get you out of this one. It's where you have to learn, I have to diversify. We're going to talk about the ephod in a moment. But, but in this moment, David didn't ask for his sling. David didn't call for the harp. He called for the ephod. Some of you are reaching for the wrong weapon in this time. So sometimes, watch this, sometimes your plans die so that God's dream Survives. Proverbs 19 and 21, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible because it rubs me the wrong way every time I read it. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. In other words, you can spend all your life fighting God, but that's a fight you're going to lose every single time. Ziklag, it's the place where your pain 
empties you of your tears so that God can fill you with his power. The Bible says that they wept until they couldn't weep anymore. Have you ever cried like this? Have you ever been this sad? Where you literally just ran out of tears. Ziklag is the place where you get empty so that he can fill you up. See, because for every person in this, in this room, it was your sickness that made you appreciate your health. You weren't grateful for your health until you lost it. <laughs> Some of y'all have no idea. My wife struggles with back pain. I have no idea what it's like to walk around without back pain. To constantly, every day, be in pain somewhere in your body. I have no idea what that's like. And so sometimes I don't, I don't consider the blessing of my health until every now and then. I got this spot. Anybody got this spot in their back? And if you just brush your teeth the wrong way, it locks you up. Man. It was your poverty that made you appreciate your prosperity. And it's, it's really and truly only your emptiness that's going to put you in a position where you can be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. To be hungry and thirsty, you got to be empty. And some of us just aren't empty. And God loves us so much, he'll allow Ziklag to happen in our lives so that we get empty enough to say, God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm thirsty for you. Isn't it such a gracious thing that God does that he lets us get to a place where we would never get on our own so that we can get to a place we would never get on our own? How good is God that he doesn't wait for us to get it together, but he puts us in situations that will force us to make a decision about what we really want in our lives. Is there anybody thankful for a God who loves you enough to not let you waste years running around in circles acting stupid, but he'll let you go through ziklag just to empty you so that he can fill you with his grace and his goodness? Somebody in this room needs to give God some praise right now because you would be 10 years behind where you are, but God has been so faithful. He's been so good to you. You didn't have to do it, but he did. Amen, amen. <laughs> David's been making bad decisions for 16 months. But watch this. The Bible says David is experiencing all of this. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Wow. <laughs> Can I say this to you? What you say in this season will set your course, not what other people say about you. This whole 16-month detour started because of something David said to himself. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 27 and 1, it says, David thought to himself, one of these days I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is escape to the land of the Philistines. 
Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel, and I will slip out of his hand. David is living in the middle of something he said in his own heart. Right now, you are living in the world that your words have created. If you want a different world, start saying different words. Because nothing anybody says on the exterior to you is going to shape your life. Only what you say to yourself on the inside is going to set the course for your life. Man, you learn this in Ziklag. So what's David do? He, he decides to change the conversation. <laughs> this time he's like, I'm not running away, I'm running towards. So he encourages himself in the Lord. Watch this, David could have focused on the mistakes that put him in this position, but he didn't. David had a rare relationship with God. Here's how you encourage yourself in the Lord. You encourage yourself in the Lord by forgetting your mistakes and remembering his faithfulness. Even though David had been making bad decisions for 16 months, he realized that one good decision could change the course of his life. Just one. Just one. You want your life to start to change? Just start making, just make one good decision today. So he calls out to God. And what happens? Ziklag becomes the place where he gets a word from God for himself. This isn't about taking out a giant. This isn't about playing a harp. This is about getting a word. Many of us in this room today need to learn how to get a word from God for ourselves. The Bible says he put on the garment of the priest and he sought a word from God. Let me tell you something. All you need to do to hear from God is put on your garment. Don't try to put it on me. So many times we come to church and we're like, Ugh. you put on the garment, you give me a word. And when you come, I'll give you a word. I'll give you a word. But more than this word, you need a word from God for you and your house on Monday. So stop trying to put the garment on me. Put it on you. Stand up in your home and say, I'm the priest of this house. Robbie Hilton isn't the pastor of this home. This is my house. I'm going to take responsibility for my house. And once God sees that you have put on the garment and you say, I'm taking responsibility for this whole thing. It's, it's on me. God said, I'll talk to that man. No wonder some of you get bypassed by God and he talks to your wife. You won't put the garment on. You think she's supposed to be the spiritual one. She's supposed to be the one crying in the presence of God. She's supposed to be the one with the prayer life. She's supposed to be the one. She can do all of that. But don't make God bypass you to get to her. Put the man of God in this time and in this hour. God has given you an opportunity with all this extra time you got on your hand to step up and be the priest of your home. That's heavy. Ziklag is the place where you discover that rejection is a blessing because it actually gets you into the right position. 
Think about this. What happens to their families if they aren't rejected by the Philistines? Think about it. Too far gone. But because they were rejected, they get home in enough time to still get on their horses, to still get their stuff together and chase down their enemy. They're still within their reach. What you don't understand sometimes about rejection is it's actually positioning. It's God giving you insight into where you need to stop wasting your time and energy. And some of us are trying so hard to kick down doors that God's never going to open. Rejection is an indicator that I need to turn my energy to something else. You get angry. You get upset. Oh, it's, oh, they hate me. They don't love me. No, no. Sometimes this is how we feel. Sometimes we feel like people are, <laughs> are leaving us out. God is keeping you out. You have to change the way you see rejection. He didn't give you a ring. Oh, man. You need to say, God, thank you for saving me from 50 years of pain and sorrow. She didn't want to marry you. You need to say, thank you, Jesus. You saved me from at least two years. It's, a, it's positioning. So the Philistines say, no, 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 you can't fight with us. Why? Because even though they didn't know it, they had a fight somewhere else. And some of y'all keep fighting in the place you're rejected. Meanwhile, you're losing what's really connected to your purpose. Now, this is my favorite part. We're going to end here. And if you would, stand on your feet. If you're at home, you can stand on your feet too. In your pajamas or your shorts. This is my favorite part. Okay. So David says, God, should I chase him down? Should I pursue them? And I love God's response. God says, go get them, dude. Watch this. Aren't you so thankful? This is my favorite part. This is why it's my favorite part. Because you don't serve a petty God. God has every right to say, oh, so 16 months later, now you want to talk to me. Now that you're experiencing all of the sorrow and the pain connected with your own bad decisions. If you would have just listened to me 16 months ago. Isn't that how we parent? But God doesn't do that. He doesn't even mention, hey, you know, you made some bad decisions, but I'm so good. I'm just going to overlook. He doesn't even address the bad decisions. Why? Because David already recognizes that he is the result of his bad decisions. People don't need you to let them know, hey, you made some bad decisions. They are sitting in the results of their bad decisions. People know they made bad decisions. They need a God who's going to look at them and say, despite all of the bad decisions, it's what I want you to do. I want you to stand up. I want you to get up on your feet, and I want you to chase the enemy down until you get back everything that you lost 
over these past 16 months. Come on, is there anybody in the room today who just wants to give God some praise? That no matter where you've been or what you've done, he's still telling you, you're going to recover all. Everything that the enemy stole from you, you're getting it back in the name of Jesus. It might not look like what he stole from you. But if it's not exactly what he took, it's going to be better. Because the only reason God takes anything from you is to give you something better. Maybe throw your hands up in the air today and say, God, thank you. Thank you for Ziklag. <laughs> thank you for what you're teaching me in this winding, twisting road that I'm on right now. Thank you for Ziklag. Thank you that even though I seem further away from your purpose than I've ever been, I'm closer to it than I've ever been. In Jesus' name. Can y'all handle one more thing? When you feel purposeless, let me talk to you about a God who isn't waiting for you to pursue your purpose. But watch this. He's pursuing you with his purpose for you. I need you to hear this because you're gonna, if you're not careful, you will spend so much of your life chasing down what you're supposed to, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Ziklag ends in 2 Samuel chapter 2. When, watch this, David who was told by the prophet that he was gonna be the king, he is in the middle of his 16 month detour about as purposeless as you could possibly feel and the Bible says a war has been taking place that he didn't know about the Philistines have actually been fighting against Israel Saul who wanted him dead has been killed an Amalekite of all people comes upon Saul and he takes his crown and he delivers it to David's feet The thing David thought he was chasing was actually chasing him. Here's what I found out about God. If you will pursue being who God has called you to be, the purpose of God will pursue you. It will find you in the middle of Ziklag. He is in the middle of nowhere and the crown finds its way to him. He didn't have to go chase it down. He didn't have to go search for it. It was hand delivered or head delivered to him. Isn't that wild? That's something you need to understand because if not, you will spend so, you will waste so much of your time like, what am I called to do? Who am I? God's like, no, just become who you're supposed to become and your purpose will chase you down. Come on, is there anybody thankful for a God who's chasing them down? I'm so grateful. Man, he's so good. He's so good, man. Let me pray for you. If you bow your head with me, close your eyes. I don't know, maybe there's someone here today in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of all that's going on, who would say, I need to give my life to Jesus. Like, like I need to turn my life over to the God who is pursuing me. He's found me today, and I want to give my life to him. Maybe you're making that decision for the first time. Maybe you've never made a decision about serving God. Or maybe you're here today 
you feel like you've been disconnected from God, but you realize that you're closer than you've ever been before, and you want to just throw your hand up and say, God, if you can use anything, if you can save anybody, if you can forgive anybody, if you can, if you can do anything through anybody, you do it through me. Maybe that's you today. So I'm going to count to three, and when I do, throw your hand up in the air if that's you. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or you want to make a decision to follow God again. Come on, one, two, three. Throw that hand up in the air if that's you. Anybody in the room? Anybody in the room? I see you. Anybody else in the room? If that's you. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. I see you, sir. Let's do this. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's say this. Dear Jesus, if you're praying online, say, Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me, that you gave your life for me, that you chased me down. I give you my life. Take it all. Have your way. Use before your glory. I repent of my sins. I confess you as Lord. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody. How good is God? <laughs> How faithful is God? Come on, if you're a believer this morning and you're in the middle of Ziklag, just start your hands up. Something in your life is windy and twisty right now. Stir your hands up, Father, in Jesus' name. I'm asking, God, that we would see the purpose of Ziklag. That we would see the purpose of the winding. Help us to get the right perspective about the winding. One of the definitions of winding is that it's like a, a, a piece of wire that you wrap around something. Maybe, maybe the winding is not you just twisting things out of us, but maybe it's you twisting yourself and interconnecting with us. Maybe it's bringing us closer to you. Maybe the winding is you winding your arms around us and embracing us and walking us through this season. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. You will not abandon us not even in Ziklag. Your grace finds us anywhere. On the mountain, we see how big you are. But when we are in Ziklag or we are in a valley, we see how far your arm can reach. And so thank you for reaching us, no matter how far away we feel today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Y'all made me preach so hard. I sweat in my shirt. That's your fault. I love you so much. Thank you for being here today. Remember, you can give. They'll have a couple buckets up front. And if you would, exit out these side doors here in the front. If you're going to go out the back, try to take this exit. Love you. Thank you for being here today. We'll see you very, very soon.